You're listening to the Simply Instructional Coaching Podcast, a podcast for instructional coaches who want a simple plan with simple steps to get started coaching teachers. I'm your host, Nicole, and I'm an elementary teacher turned instructional coach with a little bit of K-12 admin sprinkled in. Tune in for simple tips and strategies for what and how to coach teachers. Being an impactful instructional coach doesn't have to be complicated. Let's make it simple. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Simply Instructional Coaching Podcast. I am here in this episode with Dr. Kimberly Richardson, and she is from Virginia. She is one of my favorite coaches, and I am so excited to welcome her to the podcast. Hey, Kim, or Dr. Richardson, I should say. Hello, everybody. Dr. Kim is good. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. No problem. I'm super excited for you to be a part of the Simply Instructional Culture Podcast. I had to tell Dr. Richardson before she got on, I said, now listen, I know, you know, we do this whole professional thing, but girl, we finna just kick it on this podcast. And she was like, okay, (laughs) my feet are up. I'm ready to just chat and relax. That's what I'm saying, (laughs) y'all. So we like to love to have fun here. Okay, Dr. Kim, can you just give us a little bit of your background about where you've been and can you talk a little bit about your journey to coaching? Yes. Oh my goodness. Let me tell you my journey. I have to take it back a little bit because I was a a little brown skinned girl growing up in upstate New York and came down to Hampton University to go to college. Woo woo! Woo woo! So that was really the start of me really having a, a huge understanding of the world around me and how much bigger it was and seeing the history of educators and being in Virginia and becoming a teacher here was just life-changing. So I was an elementary teacher. I decided to go back to school, get my admin degree, but also at that same time, moved out of the classroom and stepped into that, you know, technology specialist. Mm -hmm. That was a coach, but I didn't really know it. And did I bomb? Oh my gosh, I bombed. (laughs) It was horrible. I just thought I could go in and tell everybody what to do. Like, here's what you need to do. And you just do it. You do it because I said you do it. And that did not work. And so as I was realizing that that just wasn't what was motivating people, that wasn't how people learned, I started to realize there were some things I needed to change about me and about the approach. And why didn't everyone just want to do what I said? And, you know, not that I was saying the wrong things, but I just did not understand the power of coaching. So when I became a building administrator, I started to realize people need different direction, just like kids different ways to take it all in. But I still didn't have, you know, the whole, like the what, I didn't have the formula. Like, how do I do this and do it differently with all these people? And and how do I run a building? But I also have to be this collaborative person because everybody didn't need to be directed. Right. And then when I came across coaching is when it all clicked together. Coaching is just that mix of professional learning, job embedded professional learning, collaboration, instruction and leadership. And I said, oh my gosh, I get it. Okay. I see it now. It's just, it was the most life-changing opportunity I've ever had to be trained by coaches to be in a world where coaching and education crossed over and to really put those tools in all my tool belts because you Uh can use skills everywhere. And then to see that I can actually work with a teacher, work with a team and impact student achievement in such a different way. Because, you know, when you're a coach, you're not right there in the classroom with your kids, but really that's where you should be. 
as a coach is right there in the classroom. And so I've had the amazing opportunity to train coaches and to become certified myself. But let me tell you, being able to still have hands-on with teachers and meet them where they are and still have that passion about kids and what's going on in, in the schools, it is just nothing like it. So I, I think coaching is one of the most powerful things that a person can do to impact student achievement. It just is. Oh, yes. I do too. I truly believe it. I truly believe it. I do. I do. It's so personal. You know, I can't say this is how you do it, but it's, this is how you do it with this teacher. And then you can still take a structure and, and do it with this teacher. It's so personal. It's still you being, you know, getting your teacher self in there because we still like, I'm still a teacher. You're right. I'm still a teacher. You don't have to shake that. You <laughs> I'm a teacher. And yes, you just reinvent yourself every year and you keep learning and growing. Oh, I could go on and on. I just <laughs> love, I love it. And I love seeing when I see, I my favorite thing is to watch a person who I've hired as a coach or who's been hired as a coach. And, you know, they think it's going to be one thing. And then they realize it's this whole other thing. Yes. And they got to like shed all the stuff that they used to think would work. Yeah. And then once they get those new skills and they're like, oh my gosh, this is how I can maneuver. It's just a missing piece that we don't get in regular education or in our degree programs. It's coaching. It's coaching. Yep. And you know who knew it the whole time? Who? Every industry but education. Oh, absolutely. So we, a lot of times we take and we adopt from other industries. I'm talking, I'm preaching to the choir, you know. Yes, but I am so excited that we are finally learning that. I call Joellen, and I tell her this all the time, I call her the grandmother of coaching. <laughs> yes. That's how I feel. She tells her story of how she was just thrown into it and how it evolved. And she took a lot from some other different areas and was able to really build out what coaching kind of looks like today, which is super exciting. Thank goodness for the research that's out there, I tell you, so we can stand on it and keep going. Yes, absolutely. Hey, y'all. So I got the opportunity to present at the TLC, the Gym Night Teaching Learning Coaching Conference back in October of last year. And one of the people that I just had to meet, you know how you have your checklist of folks that you just want to meet? Kim was one of them. I popped my head into her session. I did all of the things that the groupies do (laughs) when they're all out. But we got the opportunity because we were both presenting. We got the opportunity to both go to dinner And we just talked. Remember when we were walking, we chatted and talked and I really got to know her as a person. And one of the things that really connected me with her was that she was a coach of color. And as for me, as a coach, I know a lot of building coaches or coaches that are out there, they reach out to me and they say, thank you, Nicole, for being a representative for you know, because I can see me in that coaching work. And so Kim, I just want to thank you for your work and for your presentations and all of those things for being, for me could be a little groupie uh, to be another coach of color, to be able, I can see me, I can see my reflection in you. And that is so powerful for me. So I just want to thank you for that. Oh, thank you. I I never even would see myself as being, you know, representation in this area, but I just have to look at all the people ahead of us, you Mm -hmm. know, Marsha Tate and all the work that she has done and Robin Jackson. And, you know, while they're not specific to coaching, you know, they're these women that took their work and just 
you know, decide to share it with the masses. And so this work is so powerful because we are the ones working in our public schools and trying to make sure that our students are, you know, set up for the most equitable uh, learning opportunities and outcomes possible. So I'm, I'm grateful. Thank you. Yes, no problem. Thank you. Thank you for your service and all of those good things. All right, let's talk about the fifth annual 2023 Simply Coaching Summit. You are going to be doing a session at the summit and it's going to be about coaching and relational trust. Mm-hmm. Ooh, baby, Ooh. those two words together. Relational <laughs> trust. Trust. Woo! And then you add you add the coaching on top of it. Yes, ma'am. It's all in that foundations and that building of an instructional coach. So I got a couple of questions for you. Okay. How we get down. All right. So the first question that I want to ask is why is it important for coaches to establish trust with teachers? Well, when you think about coaches, they are basically instructional leaders, no matter what their title is. And we know that the skills that teachers have to have, whether they're in leadership or coaches, one of them is coaching and mentoring, and the other is collaboration. So when we think about that foundational level of skill that a coach should have, it is coaching and mentoring. And so you can't do that without establishing the collegial environment of trust and respect. Mm-hmm. If we go in with our guns ablazing, And we have not yet, you know, taken the time to figure out that this is another person that I need to have a partnership with and a relationship with so that we have this shared place where we're going and we're able to set these goals. No work will be able to happen. And I actually have studied more often than not, and I get called in when those situations are not in place. If this person is coming in here to do this work and they have not recognized the importance of establishing that environment. It's an environment, you know, coaching, my model for coaching is it's a, it's TLC. It's a space to think, learn, and create. So if the work that we're doing for our students is supposed to happen in this space, how do we establish that environment of trust and respect? And if it's not intentionally done, it won't get done. It won't get done. Oh, that is so deep. That is so deep. If we really start to talk about the importance of that trust component beyond And, you know, so many times people think trust cannot be established because they have to report something to their principal. Yes. And sometimes I say, well, you're going to share your work with your principal, of course, but you're not going to share all of the intricates that's happening in that. So if I come to you and I share that I'm struggling with this X, Y, and Z, And you then start to work with me on that and you just share with your principal, I'm just working with X, Y, and Z. That doesn't mean that all of the stories that I told you and the struggles and the, all of that part, I'm talking to the principal with, right? And so a lot of times coaches have to realize what trust means. I'm so glad you said that because I hate to say it, but that does happen sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so one of the ways that coaches really need to make sure that they're protecting this relationship, and that's what it is. It's a relationship. There has to be a communication compact. What does get shared? Mm-hmm. What does not get shared? Uh, Nina Morell back in the day wrote a book about establishing a coaching program. One of the biggest things I took away from that book was set up what will be shared and what won't, what's confidential and what's not, so mm-hmm. that everybody, all the stakeholders are informed. And you mentioned you know, that relationship piece. And I talked about the environment, but also the coach has to 
show themselves trustworthy. Amen. Amen. Yes. <laughs> but what I plan to share in this session for your conference is how we do that. We know that we're supposed to do it, but what I might be putting out to show you that I'm trustworthy might not be what you're looking for. Right. That's what I'm going to be sharing in the summit. Oh, that is. Mm-hmm. Y'all, I, every time I start listening to Dr. Kim <laughs> talk about this, I get chill. Like literally I'm getting chills and bumps because this is truly how do I say it? It's the baseline. It's the foundation. I mean, we talk about a lot of other coaching foundations, right? Of course, mm-hmm. we talk about coaching cycles and we talk about, you know, going in and doing observations and strategies and all of those good things. But the relationship, that part is the true foundation because without the relationship, no change is going to happen because the teacher is not going to truly believe in the work and the suggestions and the coaching and the guidance. And they won't, you know, kind of lay down their burdens and just kind of go with you. Oh, wow. That image right there, that lay down your burdens. Yeah. Oh my gosh their fears and their scares and what it is, if they have that relationship built with you, they will definitely start to share with you what it is that they truly need. I always say it's kind of (laughs) like when you go in the classroom and sometimes teachers, we call it the dog and pony show. Mm -hmm. And guess what, y'all? I'm not talking about just classroom teachers. I'm talking about myself. When I was a classroom teacher and my coach came in, girl, I was dog and pony show all the time. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to do it right. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But you know what? That gave my coach the true part of what I thought I could do and what she or he could really help me with. That helped to build the relationship with us. You know what I'm saying? Because she was able to kind of really see what it is that we had going on. coaches, I have a few questions for you. Are you struggling to get coaching cycles completed? Are you still trying to figure out what to coach? Are you confused about how to coach teachers? If you raised your hand and said yes to any of these questions, I want to invite you to join me and more than a hundred instructional coaches inside the Simply Coaching Hub. The Simply Coaching Hub is a professional development, resource, and community hub that will provide you with practical, relatable, and actionable professional development for new and seasoned instructional coaches. The hub is specifically for instructional coaches created by me and instructional coach. In the hub, we focus on providing specific pathways that meet you where you are in your coaching journey. Differentiation is important when we work with students and even when we coach teachers. Shouldn't it be important when it comes to your growth as a coach too? Absolutely. And that's why when you join the hub, you will be prescribed a coaching pathway that will address your specific needs. The hub also provides a simple framework for you to implement right away. It's time you start coaching with confidence. And most importantly, the hub is a community. With over 100 instructional coaches from all over the world, you will connect with someone who can support you through any situation you may be dealing with. And the best part is you have a coach walking side by side to support you in your journey. It's time to elevate your instructional coaching with the Simply Coaching Hub. Check out www.simplycoachinghub.com to learn more. I will see you in the hub. And when you said lay the burdens down, Nicole, 
mm-hmm. just made me think about the number and the percentage of novice teachers that we have in our school systems today. 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 And the fact that coaches are sometimes the only people and the only safe space where these novice teachers who are now such this high percentage in some of the schools mm-hmm. can really let go and, and be open about what they might know, what they don't know. You know that most of our teachers at this point are not coming from the background that we had from student teaching and education right. majors. So coaches are so important and we need every barrier removed. Every barrier. Out of the way. Absolutely. Now, now let me tell you, I was flying the plane and building it at the same time. So my degree is I have a <laughs> I have a general studies of it all degree, right? But I went to school, I did the transition to teaching program and I actually got a job teaching. So I never did student teaching separate from the classroom that I was in. So mm-hmm. these teachers today was me 18 years ago. Yes. So I know how difficult and how stressful. I remember crying every single day. Every night, the custodian would pat me on my back. <laughs> Yes. He's like, you got to go home now, though. I cried. I (laughs) cried. And you know what? It was outside coaches, actually, because my mom was a teacher. Two of my cousins were teachers. I came from a family of educators. So that helped me. But Mm -hmm. I also had an assistant principal who crossed over as a coach. I didn't know what coaching was, but I had that. And so she allowed me, as I would say, lay my burdens down to her about what I was struggling with in the classroom and that she would help me to work it out. And she was able to push me in ways that I didn't know I needed to be pushed, you know, even as a first year flying a plane and building it at the same time type of teacher. I was a late hire teacher hired February 1st when I first got out of college in December. And I remember the teacher next door to me, she said, I'm going through a little something right now. I'm not going to be available to assist you at all, but you got this good luck and close the door. And Uh so- You know, some people do not have any of that support, but the thing that I want to highlight that you just said, and and I'll move on, you said that your assistant principal turned into that coach. And I just want to make sure all your listeners know coaching is not owned by anyone. Coaching can happen with anyone. And that's what makes it so powerful. You know, you don't have to have a particular title, role, responsibility to coach someone. Mm -hmm. And then you don't have to be or arrive at a certain level to not be coached because I still have a coach. You still have a coach. Yep. We still need all of that. I love that it does. It isn't owned by anyone. It doesn't just belong to a certain group of people. Yes. Okay. So we talked about the relationship yes. and we talked about the trust component, right? Let's talk about this saying that I hear all the time, okay. right? And that saying is, is that It takes forever, right, to build a relationship, but it could take a snap of a finger for you to break it, right, Mm. to break that trust. So you're building that trust for a very long time, that relationship for a very long time, but at a snap of a finger, it can all go away. So tell me if you could share with the listeners, maybe there's a coach right now that is in that situation, How should coaches go about their work? What happens next when trust has been broken? Well, I will be honest. I have coached people who are in this situation. And it is hard because one of the biggest reasons that is hard is because when you're working with a teacher, a teacher is what they do. I am what I do. Mm -hmm. So when the trust is broken, it's also going to impact, you know, you individually, but your work also 
And everybody's now vulnerable, raw, emotions will be at play. You know, mm-hmm. think about yourself when you are in a trusting relationship and how you act, how you interact, the idea exchange. Think about yourself on either that team or in a personal relationship. Then think about yourself in a non-trusting relationship and how closed off we are or how standoffish or, you know, I'm holding all my ideas to myself. And so what ends up happening when the trust is broken is you've got two people that need each other that are not going to, you know, to be exchanging those ideas. And the only people suffering after them are the students. Our babies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the best thing to do is to pull out, you know, your social emotional skills Mm -hmm. (laughs) and turn on your self-awareness and figure out what did I do possibly to contribute to this situation? Yep. What do I need to check in the self-management? What do I need to check within myself? Mm-hmm. Maybe I said something wrong or I got angry and acted in the moment of emotion. You know, like just go back and be reflective if that was you. Was any of it me? Mm-hmm. And if something happened coming to you, you also have to do that reflecting as well. What was it about this that made me now want to say no thank you? Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes our coaches on the teacher end, the teachers say no thank you because there's something that the coach might have done or said that yep. went over. And it I, I hate to say it, Nicole, but it goes back to that initial communication compact. What did you all agree, agree on discuss in the first place? And the biggest thing that you can do is just be as open as possible and say, we are going to need to start over. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, if something goes down with a personal relationship, you've got to be open enough to discuss it, be honest enough, go back to our shared why, our why should be students, and yep. then come up with a plan. How can we do this? And hopefully both parties are vested in wanting to build it back. If not, there might need to be an intervention of some point, but hopefully the coach as the leader will be able to say, you know, to take the lead on that and to you know, to help move that forward because it is, it's going to be a vulnerable, a vulnerable situation, especially if there is some hurt involved. Yeah. And I think that one major thing that you just said is the coach has to own it. If you did something, own it. And it's okay to be vulnerable and own it. Yes. You know, it's okay to own whatever mistakes, because guess what? We're all going to make them none of us are perfect and we're all going to make mistakes and we're all going to, you know, try to deal with or navigate, right? These relationships, mm-hmm. because like you said earlier, each relationship is different. Yeah. How you deal with it. But you said something that I've never thought about. You said something about the trust being broken in the opposite way, where the coach no longer trusts the teacher. Mm-hmm. That's something I never thought of. Because it's always been where the teacher doesn't trust the coach. Yeah, no, it can be flip-flopped. I had a situation where a teacher would say something to the coach, you know, like, yeah, I'm going to try that idea. I love it. I'm going to try it. And then they talk to their teammate, like, I don't know what what in the world that coach was suggesting to me. I'm not going to try that. And it gets back. You know, it could be something like that, or it Mm -hmm. could be, you know, it could be the other way. And so the coach most likely has been assigned to work with this teacher. So how do they continue to show up, share those ideas, share their strategies, knowing there's a rift here. So it can be the other way. You mentioned your quote, but there's a quote, and I'm sure I'm not going to say it hundred percent, but collaborative learning transfer only happens in a trusting relationship. Oh yeah. So no learning and exchange is going to happen if that trust 
is broken, like you said, and it's going to take some time. The other thing that makes it so stressful sometimes in that anxiety is when we're all in the same school, you know, a lot of coaches are school-based. You cannot run away from this person. Oh no. <laughs> you know, so you're going to have to not do the, the avoiding, you know, a lot of our introverted educators or just people in general, their go-to conflict strategy, according to Myers-Briggs is avoidance, oh, yes. hoping it will all blow over. And sometimes it won't. So we also have to look at what is the way that I tend to work through conflict and is this serving me well here? Because if it's not, you might have to try something that might not feel as comfortable as it would just for the, again, for the sake of the relationship, thereby the sake of the students that you are both working to support. Yes, that (laughs) you just, you just (laughs) opened up a whole different can of worms because I just never really focused or thought about it in that way and how coaches could be hurt. Mm -hmm. Okay, I got one more question for you. Okay. What happens when you have a situation, you have a a teacher who has been hurt or the relationship has happened, the trust was broken in the previous coach? Oh, yeah. So I'm coming behind Mm -hmm. the coach who ruined the relationship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... Any thoughts on how I can navigate and move forward knowing that this teacher is having some real issues with coaching, period, not because of my actions, but because of the action prior to me? That is valid up and down AM and PM all day long. You know, that happens a lot with administrators too, right? You have this administrator that, you know, might have been whatever it was, and then you get a new one. And so everyone's going to be shut down waiting. The best thing that I can say to coaches is to just be as genuine as possible. Do not try to turn it on extra. Mm -hmm. Or if you can find the common ground, if you can get to know that person authentically, just like we do when we have a new classroom of kids, you know, it's always going to be about the relationship but we, we're just going to have to understand that that's how they are feeling. I would not recommend trying to go into counselor mode. So what was it exactly that, right. you know, <laughs> that's not our role, right. but all we can do is really just show them our intention without beating over the head. Now, I will say if it's a situation in a school where, you know, they're like, because of the data, this is the person you're working with. You got to work with them. You know, that's going to add a little tension to it because- yeah. Sometimes we know, you know, especially that authentic coaching is not everywhere. And sometimes people are being coached because of a negative performance or negative data. Right. And that adds to some of that past experience as well. So they just are going to have to be genuine and say, this is what I'm here for. What can I help you do? You know, it can't be about let's fix this. Yeah. And you're going to almost have to be as vulnerable with them as you're asking them to be with you because you're going to have to show who you are authentically as well and what you're doing this for. You know, sometimes it might be to be a little more investigative about, you know, what it is this person needs, likes, wants. Mm -hmm. But I hate to say the word again, but we have to be intentional and genuine. You can't just pour, you know, just keep giving candy to to everybody every Friday and think that they're going to just now trust you, you know, candy only goes so far. Exactly. (laughs) Got to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. So, you know what I call this, Dr. Kim? Hmm. I call this, I said, you got to coach them. I mean, I'm sorry. You have to date them. Yes. You got to date them. Because yes. here's the thing. If somebody just walked up to you and was like, girl, I'm taking you out on a date. You would be like, 
No, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere with you. Like, I don't even know you. Like, who are you? You know, but what if he comes in and he says, oh, Dr. Kim, you look cute today. Oh, Dr. Kim, I like your glasses. Oh, Dr. Kim, I like what you have on. Over a period of time, right? Your wall starts to come down a little bit. And mm-hmm. then you have, and, and this next day they come and they're just having a casual conversation. He's like, oh yeah. So what do you do for a living? And you do this and you do that and blah, blah, blah. blah right. And you having <laughs> yeah. that kind of conversation. And then the next thing, you know, he's like, Hey, would you like to go to happy hour? Mm-hmm. Now you're like, okay, maybe. maybe. <laughs> let me say, hey, you know, let me see if the kids got this, you know, <laughs> it's a little bit more open. And so that's what I tell coaches, even if something has happened previously to that particular person, one, you need to understand and know that information. Right. Mm -hmm. And I totally agree. You do not need to go into counselor mode. Well, what did they do? Because girl, I'm not going to do the same Mm -hmm. thing. And you don't want to bash that person either. Exactly. Because it's in the past. It's in Mm -hmm. the past. Like you got to move forward from that, but you do have to kind of date them a little bit. Yes. Got to, you know, lighten it up and, oh, you know, do a positive feedback and give them a little candy, but you know, it don't have to be every day. And, you know, then have a conversation like, oh, I was in your room and it was this. And, oh, I saw the kids walking down the hallway. You just start to really genuinely, genuinely build that relationship. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But there's some people though, Dr. Kim, that don't know how to genuinely do that. And that's what I'm going to share in the summit, because I'm going to help you figure out which way do I do this with this person? Yes, absolutely. I'm really excited because when coaches can be this confident about this foundational skill, like you said, they'll be able to go into any situation. Yes. Coming behind someone, whatever it is. I even have a strategy that I'll share about a way they can get that toe in that classroom door. Oh, that is beautiful. That's awesome. Well, Dr. Kim, I have loved our time together. Yes. Y'all, I just, I do. I'm like fangirling over here. Y'all should see me. It's so exciting. Make sure that you attend Dr. Kim's session at the 2023 Simply Instructional, I mean, the Simply Coaching. Why do I want to call it Simply Instructional Coaching? The Simply Coaching Summit. You can get all of the information in the show notes where you could catch her session and you could catch my keynote on day two. And we also, Dr. Kim, I don't know, you know, we have Dr. Marsha Tate will be there. She'll be our kickoff. And Joellen is actually doing the wrap up keynote. We have Steve Ventura, Steve Barclay, Jim Knight, Zaretta Hammond will be there talking about equity and coaching. We just have a mixture of a lot of consultants who work with coaches. That's incredible. And then we also have a lot of coaches that are currently still in the field and they're working every single day, making sure that this work is happening. And so they're bringing their experiences of new ideas and new things that they have to the summit this year. So really quick, Dr. Kim, where can everyone find you if they need to reach out to you or if they want to learn more about your work? I just want to say, I don't try to push the doctor But there's a whole bunch of Kim Richardsons out there, (laughs) y'all. I'm married into this name. So my Twitter handle is Dr. Kim Richardson and my website is drkimrichardson.com. So either one of those, just reach out. All right, perfect. Well, you guys can reach out to Dr. Kim. And of course, you can reach out to me at Support and Simply Coaching and Teaching. We will see you guys in the next episode. And thank you so much. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thanks 
for listening to the Simply Instructional Coaching Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with other coaches and teacher leaders, post about it on social media, and leave a rating or review. To catch all the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at simplycoachingandteaching underscore and on Twitter at coachandteach. Thanks again, and I'll see you in the next episode. Happy coaching.